Welcome to another Monday and another installment of the Sports Rap Podcast right here on Heat 100 Radio. It's your boy D in the building. My partner is on his way. He's running a little bit late. But you know what it is. You know what we do. And you know how we do it. So, you know where we are. Heat100radio.com. You can get to the mobile app for free. Or you can get over to Facebook. You know the group page. I know you know it because I see the comments. I see you watching. And I see you in tune with everything that we do here. But before we get started, I need to let you know, you're less than a week away. Okay? Less than a week away, folks. Less than a week. So, y'all need to get these tickets. And I know y'all need these tickets. Y'all see them? I'm holding them up. Facebook Live right now. I'm holding them up. I still got some left. So, y'all need to get on these tickets. Get these tickets in advance. You know it's always more at the door. And why put yourself through that hassle? Come on, get your ticket, make a smooth transition into the building, and enjoy what we have in store for you. If you've never been to a Heat 100 radio party, you are missing out, and you need to get to this one. And this will be a great one to kick off your first event with us, if it is your first event with us. But I know it's not. But anyway, we're going to get right to what we do. And like I said, my partner is on his way. So when he gets here, we're going to really get to... We're going to really get it cracking, as you know, like we always do. So, what I'm going to do for you now, like we always do each and every Monday, we are going to get these scores, and we're going to get these news updates up, and then we're going to get into the week, get into the meat of the show, as always. Now, today is going to be a little bit different. We got some things scheduled, you know, i am got a couple things I want to talk about as far as on the NBA front. But we all know we've just completed week three, the final week of the preseason in the NFL. So what we're going to do today, because of our event next week on Sunday, and we won't have a show that Monday, which is the holiday, Labor Day. So I hope you all are looking forward to that, but more importantly, looking forward to Sunday. So we're going to preview week one of the NFL season, which starts on the ninth, which is like that Thursday after we have our thing, and you know we're going to be doing our thing. Mighty Mouse, Mighty, what's going on? I'm sorry, Ivan, Mighty Robinson, what's going on, good brother? So you know what we do, you know how we party, so we're going to need a day to recoup from that. And the blessing is that it's on Labor Day, so it's a day off, and you can take that day. And like I said, I know y'all need these tickets. I'm going to show them to you one more time. One more time, I'm showing them to you. I got them right here. So get at me so you can get your tickets. Like I said, you want to get in the building for this event. Uh, you heard the promo earlier. MC Light is performing live. So y'all need to get in here and get to what it is that y'all need to get to. Okay? Now, we're not going to play with y'all. And y'all know what it is. So get there. And get them tickets. But anyway, we're going to get right into it right now. We got some MLB scores from yesterday. The Phillies defeat the Diamondbacks 7-4. The Cardinals fall to the Pirates 4-3. The Rays beat up a little bit on the Orioles 12-8. The Red Sox fall to the Indians 7-5. The Reds fall in a close one to the Marlins 2-1. Another 2-1 score. The Blue Jays take that one 2-1 over the Tigers. The Nationals fall to the Mets 9-4. The Giants get blanked by the Braves, 9-zip. The Cubs fall to the White Sox, 13-1. The Brewers beat the Twins, 6-2. to 
The Rangers beat up on the Astros 13-2. The Rockies blanked the Dodgers 5-zip. The Royals fall to the Mariners 4-3. And the Yankees fall to the A's 3-1. Those are your MLB scores. In the WNBA front, one game yesterday, the Chicago Sky defeat the Seattle Storm 107-75. In your, uh, let's see here. Got to get this one score for you, so I'm going to get it right now and make sure that I have it for you. The Cleveland Browns defeat the Atlanta Falcons 19-10 in that game. And then the Jaguars beat up on the Cowboys 34-14. The Raiders fall to the 49ers 34-10. The Bengals fall to the Dolphins 26-29. And the Patriots outlast the Giants 22-20. Those are your scores for Sunday in sports. We're going to move into some news and some updates uh, as we proceed on. The Big Ten football teams will forfeit if they have a COVID outbreak. So, people, this COVID thing is making a resurgence. Um, You know what we went through with the whole year of a pandemic. And honestly, there's I don't think that there's has there has been a clear cut ruling, excuse me, that we were completely out of the pandemic. They gave us a little wiggle room, but that didn't work out so well where people, you know, wasn't required. It was recommended to wear your mask. Uh, You have people that are vaccinated like myself. And then you have people that aren't that don't want to get the vaccination. But you see how this COVID is affecting all walks of life. Um, we saw a stoppage of sports because of COVID, and now it's a very, very serious part of the planning for these upcoming seasons. Former NHL player Jimmy Hayes dies at the age of 31. The Fiesta Bowl secures a gambling partnership with Caesars. The Vikings are expected to bring back Pro Bowl defensive end uh, Mr. Griffin. Vinnie Curry former Eagle, is going to miss the 2021 season due to a rare blood disorder. Uh, Prayers go out to him. I hope he can recoup from that and get back on the field um, as soon as he can. Sonny Michelle has been traded to the Rams. Jamal Charlo, Jermall Charlo, arrested on felony robbery charges. ESPN moves Rachel Nichols off of NBA programming, and we're going to talk a little bit about that later on down the line. Urban Meyer, um, says that Trevor Lawrence has earned the Jaguars' starting QB position. Bruce Arians is making his own rules for COVID on trips. I think that's a, a really good thing, and it could be a good thing and a bad thing. It could be a gift and a curse for the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers with the team making their own rules. But I also like it because I feel like internally – they're going to have some control and uh, are paying attention to what's going on as far as with the COVID issues that we are now facing once again. The Titans place Ryan Tannehill on the COVID list. So he's going to miss a couple games, I think, maybe one or two games. Not 100% sure. But you see, like I just mentioned to you, you see how this COVID thing is affecting all walks of life. The season that Ryan Tannehill had last year, it's crazy now that he is in this COVID protocol, if you will, um, coming back for 2021. 
Imani Bates, the number two overall prospect, basketball prospect in the class of 2022, has committed to the University of Memphis. The NBA Players Union are set to help renovate Rucker Park, which I think is a great thing since there are quite a few NBA players that have appeared at Rucker Park. And it's a, a, a fan. If you are a basketball fan and you don't know anything about Rucker Park, you need to just take yourself off that list and consider yourself not a basketball fan. It's a world-famous park in Harlem, New York. The NFL proposes weekly COVID tests and wants a vaccine mandate. So again, we're back into this COVID thing. And again, like I mentioned, I don't think we ever really had a clear ruling that we were out of a pandemic. Things just loosened up a little bit. And I kind of understand people were in confinement for so long that they didn't know how to respond to it. And they just went all out. And now we are back into some very cautious times once again. Uh, Matisse Thibel has dropped just drops his practice gear off to Philly Parks to give away. So I think that's a great thing. We always talk about players, professional players in their cities and how and what they do in the community. I think that's a great thing uh, for Matisse Thibel to do within his community. And it also means that we shouldn't trade him just yet. We need to hold on to him just a little bit longer. Uh, let's see. Louisville basketball coach Chris Mack is suspended six games without pay. If you don't know that story, if we have some time, we'll get to touch on that a little bit as well. He was being blackmailed by a former assistant coach of his. And apparently, he did not follow NCAA protocol for those particular types of incidents. Which, I'm a little confused about that. But I do understand where they're coming from, you know. It's, it's like a business. If something's going on at your job, you have protocols into how to handle things and get things off your back and keep yourself in the clear. So I understand it, but I'm just a little bit confused because he was the one being pressured and being blackmailed, and they say he didn't follow the guidelines. But if you think about it in reality, wouldn't you think that if the public knew about it, the university knew about it, mm -hmm. so the university should have helped him out in that matter and dealing with the NCAA, we wouldn't have this. And within his suspension, he can have no contact with the basketball players, the basketball, anything, no coaches or anything. So it's going to be really tough on him. Trevor Bauer, we all know about Trevor Bauer, the baseball player. And his suspension. It's been, been extended once again. I, I could have uh, plenty of things to say about that. Uh, but I'm just going to leave it with this. It's extended once again. Which shows me some of the things that we've talked about in the past on this show. And one of the, things, one of the topics I'm heading towards is the racism in sports. Mm -hmm. And we know it's still in there. We know it. In all sports, but we talked about baseball, and I gave you and I talked about an article um, with CC Sabathia about how it really was coming from an actual minority player's perspective and point of view. So all I'm saying is, Trevor Bowers suspension is extended once again. If he had been in that minority group, 
we all know what would have happened by now. And He'd be, uh, know yeah. What he did. It, 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 listen. You know what I mean? Like, what he did, like, he choked her unconscious. Unconscious. You know what I mean? That, like, when people, when people try to say, you know, uh, there's a, there's a time and a place for you to, to have these social injustice formats mm -hmm. and you're a sports and you, and you are an athlete, you're yep. a professional athlete. They'll tell you there's a time and a place, but not on a forum in which your job is at. Right. But everybody knows that race relations and sports, they are brothers and sisters. They go hand in hand. Hand in hand. I mean, and all if you, you don't know do is it, look at the sports. That's right. If you don't know it, you're crazy. Absolutely. And, and see that racism played a big part. A huge part. I mean, a mega part. Yep. And, and why things are the way they are today. Absolutely. You know what I mean? We were not allowed... Again, if you're talking about rules, let's look at the rule handbook of baseball in the 20s, mm -hmm. in the 30s, mm -hmm. in the 40s, yeah. in the 50s. Even when black people were allowed to play in baseball, there were still mm -hmm. rules. They still couldn't Absolutely. even be at the same hotel. Nope. Still couldn't eat in the same diner. Nope. There were so they were many lucky rules. to travel on the same bus. <laughs> right. <laughs> and at one time, they even had a rule that a black player in Major League Baseball could only play so many minutes. Right. You could only, no, no matter how dynamic you were, yep. we only give them this. This much time. Yep. You only playing so three innings. Minutes. You're, You're only playing three play innings. So many innings. I don't care if you hit a home run in every inning. We up and we on the verge of getting the game tied or whatever happens, happens. We'll live with the result, but you are not going past that third inning. And it's ironic that, that our color played a factor in why we couldn't play, but guess what color took over that? Green. Green. That green Absolutely. took over all worries about you being black being on the field. Because guess what? Now they're showing up to see your demise. They're paying mm -hmm. tickets to see your demise. Yep. We know that these black guys, they, they can't play with us. That's right. So we want to show up to see them fall. But what happened was they showed up and we put on the show. Mm -hmm. And we turned something into nothing. And now here we are in this era where they're saying, well, there's a time and a place for race for racism and, and, and justice. Well, well, white folks put they, put they stuff right, right on the table. As a matter of right fact, they did interviews. The Talking about why they didn't want black people on their team, mm -hmm. and it was and it was perfectly fine. It was it was perfectly okay. Yep, there was so no. So why isn't it okay for us to have a discussion on how unfairly black players are still treated mm -hmm. in major sports? Yep. I mean, we know. We let's go back to when Ed McCaffrey was playing for the Denver Broncos, and. I mean, when I say they blew it over, this joker had minors, girls, in mm -hmm. a hot tub with them. Three to four minor girls in the hot tub with him. Mm -hmm. And it blew over like nothing. Like nobody, if you ask people about Ed McCaffrey, and they like, for real? They don't even know. They don't even know. 
if I can get I can throw one in there even more recent than that. Not too far from the city. Pittsburgh. Oh. Huh? Big Ben. Ben oh, Roethlisberger. Yeah. Oh yeah. We saw what happened to him. The flasher. Yeah, we saw what happened to him. <laughs> and, and all of these with Ben Roethlisberger with the same situation was underage girls. Right. Underage. So we know what goes on there. Uh let's see. Most NBA staffers are ordered to get the COVID vaccine. So, again, folks, y'all thought this COVID thing was somewhat of a joke until we got into the pandemic. Then you kind of started to begin and feel like it was real. Then we had that period where things got loosened up a little bit. Mm -hmm. Things began to open back up like they are now. And then we had that stage where, like I mentioned, masks in facilities were first they started with if you're fully vaccinated, you don't have to wear a mask. Right. But the issue with that was how are they determining who's fully vaccinated or right. not? Anybody can walk up to the door and say, oh, well, I'm vaccinated. They're not asking for any proof or anything like that, or they weren't asking for any proof or anything like that. Then we move into, okay, masks are not required but recommended. That's, in my opinion, that's when all hell broke loose once mm -hmm. again mm -hmm. because people went all willy-nilly with it and... Now we're back to now you got to wear a mask again. Right. So people just wear your mask in general. I mean, if you're moving around and you're moving about, do like I do. Buy them, keep them in the car. And I mean, you can get them now because it's not the, the main rush. Mm -hmm. It's not the major pandemic that we're in. So you can get masks now. Right. You can get them now. You can find them. You can find hand sanitizer now too. So get the mask. If you're driving around, you got to go to work. Get a couple masks, keep them in your car. That way you won't forget it. You won't have to worry about forgetting or not having one. The Sixers wave Anthony Tolliver. And the Vice Vice Channel has now or is developing a documentary on the history of the Eagles Cowboys rivalry. Which I think would be pretty interesting. Because I I talked to a couple people, um, a couple Eagles fans. And a couple of Cowboys fans, and talk to some people that follow the show that we know from Texas, mm -hmm. Mike Kelly and uh, Jackie Bridges. And then I actually was at a tailgate and I talked to a couple guys that were Dallas fans. And it's funny that what I heard was the Cowboys fans in Dallas, actually from Dallas, that live in Dallas, mm -hmm. are nowhere near. As ob as obnoxious as Cowboys fans outside of the state, that was very interesting when I heard that. So, you know, it's it's the Cowboys fans that are outside of the state that are more obnoxious than the Cowboys fans who are actually in the state. And but that just leads me to believe that the Cowboys fans that are within the state in that city are passionate fans about their football team. And they understand it's just a football rivalry. And right. it really pretty much ends there. You know, but you know how it is with some of these Cowboys fans. Some of these Cowboys fans that are outside of Dallas. And I'm not saying everybody, I'm generalizing with some of the people that I've came across, that I've come across that are Cowboys fans. Some of them think that the Cowboys are the best thing since sliced bread. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you have that right as a fan, you know, but I'm just a different type of fan. Uh, I'm an Eagles fan. I'm the Philly Four, mm -hmm. if you will. But I, I consider myself a true fan because I ride with my team when they're winning. 
but I also have the wherewithal and the fan fandom to let you know when they stinking it up. Mm-hmm. I can tell you they stinking it up. Mm-hmm. But I'm not jumping Which shit. Which a lot of fans can't do. A lot of fans can't do that and won't admit to that. You know, so that, that's something different. And just touching before we close out on these news and updates, what we just talked about. Juan Encarnacion, former baseball player, has been accused of sexually assaulting his own daughter. It's a travesty. It is a travesty. How can you have those kinds of allegations on a young teenage girl or a young girl, period, but then it gets amplified 4,000 times when it's your own daughter? Mm-hmm. It's your own daughter. Like, as a father, I don't have a daughter, but my partner does. Mm-hmm. And I know some other guys that I know that I'm close to that have daughters. And just my interpretation is... I would be ready to kill somebody if they did something to my daughter. Without question. In that particular manner. It ain't, it ain't no getting around. And for you to do that to your own daughter, you know, they always say it's some sick people out here, so we are witness to it, and that is that. So well, there you have say, it, folks. Well, they do say that uh, over 70% of rape is by someone you know. Wow, yeah, that, that's true. And that's crazy. a lot has to do with culture. Yeah, there and that's crazy. Cultures that they enable those things. They allow mm-hmm. not even. I don't want to say they allow it, but it's very high in a lot of different cultures. Right. And uh, yeah, it's it's extremely high in terms of who did it. Yeah. You know, so and, it is kind of it's shocking. Right. Yes. That he would do that to his own daughter. Absolutely. But also, when you look at the numbers, right, it's not as shocking mm-hmm. when you know the numbers. Yeah, you know, folks, all y'all that are tuned in, y'all know it ain't our culture. Yeah, just to clear that up, yeah. it's not our culture. It happens like said, in our culture. It happens. It's not, but high at, at, at a high level. Rate. And then the difference is there are outside of legal. Repercussions. There are other repercussions in our culture right. that tend to deal with that type of situation. Mm-hmm. Right. Sometimes right. before, during, and after mm-hmm. the legal stuff gets handled or gets right. in the mix. So, right. you know, um, it's just crazy how that situation has played itself out. So, we're going to move right in mm-hmm. since we're already rolling. And I mentioned in one of the... Uh, points in the news and updates about Rachel Nichols being removed uh, from ESPN. So, folks, ESPN is actually, they have removed Rachel Nichols from uh, NBA programming and they have canceled the show, The Jump. Surprisingly, I felt like The Jump was a pretty decent show. And I felt it was a pretty decent show because there was always a former player giving some insight. So it wasn't just the journalist doing their thing and talking. It was always some uh, former player or even current players, you know, sitting in and giving their insight. So I think, you know, we can go back and almost safely say that. 
this um, incident is a result of the incident that we had with um, Rachel Nichols and uh, what's her name? The African-American sister who was in, involved with Rachel Nichols in these issues with uh, ESPN where she was picked to do the Olympic stuff and not Rachel Nichols. Rachel Nichols has had a long run on um, on ESPN. Long run. Mm -hmm. And you can kind of look at it from both sides of the fence here where you can say, excuse me for one second, folks, and just, just keep listening. I'm going to keep talking as I, I go along. You can kind of easily say that Rachel Nichols kind of bought that. Mm -hmm. You could also arguably say what we've known about ESPN for the past couple years or so with their shows um, declining and other things of that nature where it's been a little crazy and their their shows have been falling off yeah. for a long time now and some of the things that have been going on are truly truly crazy and just getting back to it a lot of the shows and a lot of their reporters have been being removed and shows have been being canceled mm -hmm. off of uh, ESPN if you will so we kind of have a situation if you will as far as ESPN and it's just crazy how that whole situation, that whole station, that whole network is becoming now way less than what it used to be. Mm -hmm. uh, people, if you remember for a long time, ESPN was like the staple of sports, if you will. Um, you like look to ESPN to get to everything that you needed to know about sports. Anything you needed to know about sports, you got to it through ESPN. And now you have this situation where these shows are being removed, taken off the air, and it becomes now a real crazy issue with ESPN. And it's becoming a little funny if you will, with the fact that these shows are being canceled. Like you said, they're supposedly going to develop a new show for uh, NBA coverage. But what was the true reasoning, which we'll probably never know from the outside looking in, why this show was canceled? Was there... Like they said, they, she shouldn't have been surprised... You right. know, uh, some of the things that, like you said, ESPN, other other analysts have, have said. Back in, what was that, 2017, the Doug, mm -hmm. uh, guy Doug Adler, called mm -hmm. Serena Williams. Yep. He's still paying for that. 
Still paying for it. You know what I mean? But those are the type of things. I mean, Stephen A. Smith even got on TV a couple times and, you know, explained what the white privilege was. You mm-hmm. know, within the element of journalism. Right. And so, you know, it exists. We know it exists. A lot mm-hmm. of people may not want to acknowledge the existence of these privileges, of these things that go on within right. a company. But we know. So that's the thing about black folk. We know. Yep. We know, and not only we do know we know. a lot more than they think we know. Right. Not only do we know, we got to carry it in a way as if we don't know. That That's you a know? travesty. So, for some of us, we do acknowledge it, you mm-hmm. know, and we bring it to the forefront, but then you're made a mark. You right. Know, you become the 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 so-called uh, black, black sheep, so to speak, mm-hmm. within the office. You know yep. what I mean? So it's just a it's a weird dynamic that us as black folks we gotta carry. We gotta carry that, that double edged sword walking around knowing mm-hmm. knowing I can I can I'm pretty sure if you ask ten black folk that work in corporate America, I guarantee you they have a story of a time or times where mm-hmm. they were either passed over in promotion. Yep. Or a promotion was probably going to be allotted to them, and nepotism came in. Mm-hmm. They'll say things like, "We're going, we we hire and promote from within," and then when it's your turn to get promoted, they bring someone from somewhere else in that slot. Because, again, at the end of the day, your complexion does not protect you. Not at all. It doesn't protect you. It hurts you. It hurts you. In a lot more ways than you think. Mm-hmm. And we know that. That's that's Absolutely. what we know. And on the flip side, it's presented by them as mm-hmm. if there's nothing wrong. Yep. And that's the part that burns black folk up. Absolutely. You know what I mean? It, it just, that's what it is. And we know that's what it is. Everybody knows what mm-hmm. it is. It's, the, it's always going to be the elephant in the room. And it's never been addressed. You know, we can talk right. about slavery and all that good stuff. We know that we're still the only demographic of people that have never, ever been given reparations. Yep. Everyone else has. Everyone across else the has. world. We yep. haven't. I mean, look at most recently. The right. incident with the Asian community. Right. Look how fast. Mm-hmm. Look at how fast. And there were how many incidents with African-American mm-hmm. peoples prior to that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can count them on. Right. Your fingers, your toes, and your neighbor's toes, and your neighbor's fingers, and go that far and go that deep. Right. So it's real crazy. But like we said, it, it's this this the uh, band this banding of this um, show at ESPN. It is mm-hmm. something that I feel like is something's going on at ESPN. Well, we we figured that when we talked about it before. But it's coming to the forefront now where we can definitely say or ask ourselves or pose that question, what exactly is going on at ESPN? And again, we'll probably never know right. the true reasons for why things are like this and why things are happening at ESPN. So with that being said, folks, we have a little technical difficulty, so we're going to get some things straight. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, I want to talk about a little bit about the Rucker Park renovation by the Players Union and the NBA. And then there's a Rich Paul story that I found. 
and it kind of ties into the Sixers a little bit as well. So we'll talk about that. Folks, you are tuned in to Sports Rap right here on Heat 100 Radio. We will see you on the other side in just a couple of seconds. Stay with us. What the hell is going on with this gentleman today? And what I want to get into now, just real quick, and we talked about, we're talking about this pandemic thing, issues and all of that. And we also uh, talked about it when it first started. You know, we gave a lot of kudos to the NBA for them creating the bubble and, and doing other things like that. And we are going to give them kudos again for another instance, I believe. And they, like I mentioned in the news, they are, Players Union is developing a, a program to re, to renovate uh, Harlem's Rucker Park. Which, like I said, if you don't know, if you don't understand basketball, and you don't know anything about Rucker Park, you don't need to consider yourself a real basketball fan, in my opinion. Uh, a lot of these players, present and past players, have played at Rucker Park. And, you know, a lot of people just think of Rucker Park as the entertainers league, mm-hmm. which is very prominent there. But there's also have been a lot of players. Uh, Kevin Durant, uh, Kobe Bryant, the great Dr. J, Kareem. A lot of these players have played at Rucker Park. And it's a great feat, I think, that they are going to help renovate this park. Because with the pandemic and with everything else going on in in our communities, a lot of these things are being taken away from the youth. And I think it's for the youth there in New York, I think it's like a dream or it's like something, if you call it a bucket list of the young people, Mm -hmm. if you will, for them to be on that court and play a game at Rucker Park. So I think it's a great thing that um, they're going to renovate this park. And they're not only going to renovate it, they are going to facilitate where 
it becomes part of the New York City's rec department. Mm-hmm. They're going to create a program for Rucker Park, which I think is great. And, you know, again, it, it's something that you always talk about when you talk about these pro athletes and these pro leagues and how they give back to their community. Um, if you don't know, the NBA officers are in New York mm-hmm. as well. So that's another great thing for them. And considering where we are uh, with them arguably or probably being limited um, or having higher security rates as far as fans coming into games, I think they have a little bit more leeway when it's outside. Right. You know, you'll probably still have to wear a mask because of the the tight-knit situation that Rucker Park is. But they're giving back. And it can also be a, a stepping stone for them to bring more people into the stadiums. Right. I mean, you know, in New York, you've got one of the most famed basketball arenas in the NBA, Madison Square Garden. And everybody can't make it to Madison Square Garden. Right. You know, financial situations and other situations, work, things of that nature. So everybody can't really get out to uh, Madison Square Garden there to see a game. And then we know how Madison Square Garden treats some people. We remember the Spike Lee situation. <laughs> we remember the, the Charles Oakley situation. So some of the people in our communities may be a little standoffish with those situations. Right. Like I said, the Spike Lee situation has been, I think, relinquished. Um, haven't had any real updates on that, but we will definitely see uh, come October when basketball season starts. But again, for these people to have a place to see some of these stars that they normally wouldn't see, I think is a great thing uh, for the NBA to uh, go ahead and do. Yeah, it's that it's it's that other page of the NBA in the, mm-hmm. in, in, in basketball's history books that you have to learn about if you're a basketball fan. You have to learn. Like right. we have in Philly is 16th Street. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So when you go when you go to these cities and you learn about these cities' history of basketball, there's always one particular court. Right. But Rucker supersedes all, all of that. Yeah. Because of its iconic names that have mm-hmm. the courts of New York. And right. it's just kind of crazy how if you if if you're if you're a young dude and you've never been there, it's mm-hmm. it's almost like going to the basketball hall of fame almost. Yeah, you know, and we got kids here in the city that go. They just been over there mm-hmm. and played. So right. they're they're technically they're going to be some of the last people that ever played on the original court. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So yeah. those kids that took that went down. They made some history. Yeah, yeah. they made those some history. Pictures yeah, so y'all need to be, hold on, hold on to them pictures, man. The last ones. Yeah, to play in the tournament. On that court, and I think when I don't they say that uh, the renovations gonna take. Um, I they, think they said, they said it'll be done around October, early November see. or something. Yeah, I think it is like early October, October, early yeah. November. So that's quick. Yeah. So that means that they got they listen the mm-hmm. money and the and the the uh, the construction tools already needed to go in there and get it done absolutely quickly, and that's gonna be all right, man. I can't wait to see mm-hmm. what it look like. No, yep. I, can't, I definitely can't wait to see that. Yeah, I, I can't wait either. You know, um, and like I said, it, it's going to be something great, mm-hmm. I think. You know, the cha- it, it, you're going to have to get used to the change at first, especially right. the um, residents of New York, mm-hmm. knowing what 
Rucker Park was. They're going to have to get used to it. But I think it's going to bring the same energy. Yeah. Maybe time. even a little bit of a different energy in a good way, mm-hmm. you know, because it's renovated. And they're not just renovating the court and the baskets. Right. They're doing everything. Mm-hmm. The courts, the backboards, the stands, mm-hmm. you know, the bleachers, everything. They're doing it all over, redoing it. And, you know, if you haven't been there, you know, uh, probably not a good time now to try and rush and get there. <laughs> but once it's done, if you are, like I said, any type of true basketball enthusiast or basketball fan, excuse me, you need to find your way there and, and get there and check that out. And um, even if you don't check out a game there, just go and check out the park mm-hmm. because – like Baldy said, it, it's just it just resonates the city of New York. Like he said, he mentioned here in Philadelphia, we all know 16th Street, you know, and more recently the notoriety of the Chosen League, mm-hmm. okay? But when you talk about Philly basketball and you mentioned 16th Street, the Philly-New York games, mm-hmm. the legends from the city that competed at that park. Mm-hmm. And anybody that's in around in and around the city knows about 16th Street. Right. You know, if you don't know if you don't know about 16th Street, then you weren't in the mix if you will. So yeah, if you can get out there and go and check out Rucker Park. Like I was saying, it's right in the hood. Mm-hmm. If you that. if you don't believe it, you can google it and look at some old pictures and you'll see it. But imagine what that's going to do to revive that neighborhood. You know, it's going to be a beautiful thing. So moving along, we've all been talking about this Ben Simmons situation, um, the being wanting to be traded and don't know who, who we should get for him. So let's set that aside for a second, because right now things have cooled down and it's looking like, Ben Simmons will be a member of the Philadelphia Sixers at the start of the basketball season. Mm-hmm. I also, just real quick, mentioned to some people that Daryl Morey is not going to just give him away. And people were saying, oh, well, the asking price is too high and this, that, and the third. But you have to take into consideration, people, it's still a business as well. And the player, a player of his caliber, you would be a fool business wise not to ask for most of what they were asking for. I was one also to agree and eh, slightly a bit much, but when I said that my meaning behind that was it's going to be harder for them to pull a deal off with what they were initially asking for. I wasn't disturbed about what they were asking for. I just think that they needed to negotiate with some teams a little bit differently Mm -hmm. and maybe take some things off. But it's looking like, you know, like I just said, he's going to be on the roster at the start of the season. Um, There's also been the talk that he is willing, allegedly willing to sit out training camp and things of that nature and whatnot. Okay. But again, Daryl Morey is not going to just give him away. And finally, Um, before I get into what we want to get into with this situation, I've told people that don't be surprised if nothing happens until 
somewhere around the trade deadline, mm-hmm. around the All-Star break. Somebody said to me, well, why would you say that? So, well, here's the thing. The things that Ben Simmons does well, a lot of teams like need and like. Yeah. So, there could very well be a team surprisingly making a push for a playoff run, um, looking at in the second half of the season, that would be willing to make a move then. So don't be surprised if something doesn't happen until then. And, you know, I personally just wish that the young man would, like Baldy and I mentioned, or more so Baldy last week, get into the gym and just hone your craft. That's all. That's all I'm asking. Like I said, I've told, him, I've told people I'm not a basher. Um, I just feel like he should be doing those types of things if you want to be considered great. Uh, right now, he's very good. He's a star. But if you want to be at that superstar level and, and presumably become great, you need to work on your craft. I mean, we gave you a list last week, and we can go through it again, of the greats that did it and where they are. And it's just the the difference, like Baldy mentioned last week, the evolving of the game where currently you have these younger players and their focus is more on their legacy of winning or not winning a championship, right? which is like their main focus. But if they take a look at history and understand their history, you can be great and not win a championship. This is true. Uh, I can name right at the top of my head two players that played for the Philadelphia 76ers that are in the Hall of Fame, are considered great players in their in their own right, were superstars when they played. That meaning, listen, I said superstars. I didn't just say stars. AI, Charles Barkley. Neither one of them won a championship in the league, but they are forever immortalized in basketball history as being one of the all-time greats and in the Hall of Fame. You know, we just talked about Rucker Park. You've got Patrick Ewing the same way. Mm-hmm. You know, we can go in our era, even though back, Reggie Miller. Guys that are still considered great players, just by chance they did not win championships. But all of those guys I just named are in the Hall of Fame. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, again, they are immortalized in basketball history. And that's something that can't be taken away from you unless, you know, things get real shaky. But more times than not, you find people getting into financial situations, unfortunate financial situations, and end up having to sell their rings if they won rings and things of that nature. But as a Hall of Famer, it is very difficult for that to change once you go in. Yeah, very difficult. Yeah. Very, very difficult for that to change. So, on that note, there's an article that's been floating around by another former Sixer, Nolan's Noel, who has filed a lawsuit and I think has since removed himself from the Clutch Sports Agency, where Nolan's Noel is stating that the agency held out on deals that could have possibly been done 
for Nolan's Noel. One was even when Brett Brown was the coach. It's allegedly reported that Brett Brown had talked to Nerlens Noel and kind of slightly mentioned that the Sixers would be interested in bringing him back. And Rich Paul allegedly ignored all of their calls about that situation. Um, You know, Noel has since signed another deal um, and he's suing the agency where he's believing or alleging that he could have gotten more money that he was the money that he was actually looking for at the time. So it kind of touches into the long history that uh, most of us don't know about Rich Paul and Clutch Sports. And some of us do. The mannerisms, the bravado that he brings to the business, where, like I mentioned, he thinks that his guys are the best thing since sliced bread. Like we mentioned a few weeks back, um, if you look at the Lakers' past roster, there were, I think, like six players Mm -hmm. represented by Clutch on that Lakers, Lakers team. Hence, that Lakers team is in L.A. So, just backtracking a little bit, and we bring in the Ben Simmons issues again. His issue is he wants to go to a team in California. Mm-hmm. Red flag there, folks. I mean, if y'all not paying attention, y'all not paying attention. It's it's something going on there, where it's looking like L.A. is wanted by representatives of or the representation being Clutch Sports yeah. and, and Rich Paul. Well, here's a here's a uh, quote from this dude. And uh, this reporter from the New Yorker had put this quote down where he was just going over some of the things that mm-hmm. may have been red flags or looked at as a red flag. So this reporter, Isaac uh, Shadnaz, said, uh, this is Rich Paul talking. Mm-hmm. He said, we started talking about the Lakers who were in the slump. Paul brought up the Nets, saying that they were, he said they were the only team that can beat us. This sounded like strangely partisan observation for an agent with clients across the NBA. So they were having a conversation pertaining to the to the slump of the Lakers. Right. And that man said, well, the net, net he's talking about the Nets, he said they're the only team that can beat us. Mm-hmm. And that man in that interview said, it was it was strangely partisan. What's going it was a on, good brother? Observation for an agent with clients across the NBA, especially after all the criticism he had received when bringing AD to the Lakers. He said, "I've got six guys on the team, so come on." Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah, we know you represent six guys on that team, but you also represent Tristan Thomas, Miles Bridges, Darius Garland, Corey. Corey Joseph, John Wall, Anthony Edwards, look, Lonzo Ball, Eric Bledsoe, Darius Beasley, Terrence Ross, Ben Simmons, Tyrese Maxson, Joseph Blue, like Devontae Murray. They got about 16, 17 other guys mm-hmm. that aren't on the Lakers. Right. So, again, it makes perfect sense why Ben Simmons would say he wants to be in L.A. Mm-hmm. Because when they're off, and he's working out in L.A., who do you think he's working with? 
Yeah. He's working out with all the clients from Clutch Sports. From Clutch. Mm-hmm. Who eventually want to be either yeah, in a Lakers uniform or on the West Coast. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, so this is the part of the business that that they said this guy lacked in terms of uh, respect and know and know how how the mm-hmm. business works. You went to school for journalism. Mm-hmm. I read journalism books. There's a big difference. Big difference. Absolutely. Because you were structured in a way that the only way I'm going to know it is if you show me. Mm-hmm. But if I go into it, no, I'm going to do it my way. Mm-hmm. Well, you can do it your way. And you may be successful. I may be successful at doing it my way. But along that line, somebody is going to catch the the blunt end of right. my not knowing, which is a la Nolan's Noel. Mm-hmm. Here's a guy that could have got 50-something million. Yeah, 58. 58 million. He then signed with Clutch. And Clutch, as in Rich Paul, mm-hmm. told him, nah, I don't take that deal. Right. I can get you a better one. Mm-hmm. But they're looking into the reasons behind why he told him not to take that deal. Right. He told him not to take that deal because... The current agent that he had, it would be on his watch. He would get the money for the $58 million deal. Mm-hmm. He didn't want that other agent to get that money. Absolutely. He wanted the money. Right. So and, he and did not advise his client correctly. No. Right. And, folks, if you don't know, Rich Paul is the senior and, I, I believe, primary basketball agent for Clark. Although they are beginning to branch mm-hmm. out a little yeah. bit. But as far as the basketball situation, Rich Paul is the top dog. He there. may have some other agents that work under him, mm-hmm. but he is the top yeah. dog, and it's pretty much what he says goes. Yeah. He, he's the he's the check mark. He's the check mark. That's right. He, he has mark. the he has the final say in that, and it's amazing because. This guy went to school for the business, and we don't truly know what actual business aspect he studied. Mm-hmm. But if you go back and you look at the lineage, he was a teammate of LeBron James in high school. Mm-hmm. So we can go on the limb and say he was not good enough to be in the same shoes that LeBron James is in. And I don't mean fully as far as the star status and everything that LeBron has done on the court. I mean, he was not, apparently not, suited to be an NBA player. So they struck a deal. Listen, if you go to school, I'll get you in the business. Mm-hmm. Okay? And that deal worked out for them. Yeah, yeah. You know, it worked out for them. But, and we see the clients that he has, we see the contracts that most of them have signed. But, like Baldy just mentioned, it took some weeding through, mm-hmm. some decisiveness, the decisiveness and some determination. 
And it's now coming to the forefront. And it's no Nerlens Noel who caught on to it and is bringing it to the forefront. And some people may say, oh, well, it was 58 million. I mean, he's an NBA player. You know, he probably got 52, which ain't that bad for them. It's always a principle behind the situation. Again, people, we talk about it here on the show often. And you take the major dollar signs away. It's a job and a business. So you have an employee and an employer. Right. Okay. And I mean, what sets them apart is the amount of money that's floating around within professional sports. And we're talking about basketball here now. So the amount of money that's been floating around. And you've seen it just this summer with free agency and what these guys have signed for and extensions. And now they have max contracts and super max contracts. So, folks, if you don't know, the agent gets 10 to 12% right off the top. So if I get $120 million, you do the math and you tell me what that agent gets. Okay? You do the math and you tell me what that agent gets. So now you look at the Lakers, and we're just going to sidetrack a little bit. If you look at the Lakers, he's got six players on that team. High-profile market. Two of the highest-paid guys in the league. Two of the highest-paid guys in the league. And then you bring in some more guys. So you can look at the situation where, and it was an article a few years back with uh, that talked about the tactics of Rich Paul and whether he would last. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's overcome that apparently because he's still around. But knowing the NBA, and like we always say, the major conglomerate that it is, he is not going to bully his way to the top. It's plenty of other agents that have negotiated huge contracts for players. Oh, most definitely. And you kind of get the feel like they are attempting to build a clutch sports team. Like almost like there's going to try and be an expansion <laughs> and this team is going to be the clutch yeah. whatever's. Yeah. You know. But again, he's not going to bully his way and the NBA is not going to let him bully his way in the way he wants to bully his way mm-hmm. in, the way he thinks he can bully his way in. And now with this Nerlens Noel issue coming out, everything that he does now is going to be it's going to be amplified man amplified but it's going to be going through with a super fine tooth comb and i'm gonna stand corrected it was the deal with dallas yeah back in 2017 mm-hmm. the four year 70 billion dollar yeah. deal that he told them not to take now are you kidding me what type of agent and I mean, and they could prove that he wouldn't answer this man's phone calls. No disrespect. That was the crazy. Yeah, part. You, you know, you just like they say, you ghost this guy who's supposed to be. You're <laughs> supposed to be representing him. So, people, you got to understand when you have an agent and a player. The agent works for the player. It's not the other way around. Mm-hmm. So you ghosting me, so to speak, and not answering my calls and not taking calls from the team. 
where I can get paid. And in essence, both of us can get paid. That's a little fishy in my book. You know, something's going on there that is a little weird. It's a little strange. Because you won't have, I don't believe you'll find many agents who would have their client. And again, no disrespect to Nerlens Noel. He has made himself into an NBA player. Mm -hmm. When he was here, you know, we had to talk. We had to work on his offense and whatever, whatever, whatever. Apparently, he's done what he's supposed to do, and he's made his way into that player to actually get that contract offered. There's not too many agents that are going to say, no, don't take that deal. Four years, $70 million. Four years. 70 mil for seven to eight months of basketball, of work. And and then now it's saying, it's saying that the uh, the NBPA, Play Association, was not prepared for Noel's lawsuit to drop after Paul's Clutch Sports filed a grievance. With the union claiming that Noel did not did not pay his two hundred thousand dollar commission on last season's one year minimum deal with the Knicks, so he dropped his lawsuit. They filed a grievance, and part of that grievance was this man didn't pay this. Well, I'm not paying you either. You yeah. lost me fifty eight million. Right. What I, I look like you. paying you? Right. Put it put it in. All right. Well, fine. Yeah. Take put it, it out. Take it out. Fifty eight million. You put it on my tag. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> like they don't understand. Put it on my tag. I get that there's a professional mm-hmm. way to attack these solutions. Yeah. But I'm not going to pay you no. 200,000 if I'm suing you for 58 million. Right. Put it on my tag. Yeah. We can set up for 57,000, 57,200,000. That's all. <laughs> you know, or oh, 57,800,000. <laughs> you know, we can settle out of court for that. That's all. And that's how you, that's the only way you're gonna get that two hundred thousand back. But here's the weird part, and that's the and that's the part, and I understand that that you know, lawyers of sort probably told him, well, let's put this in the filings that he didn't pay that as as a reason of why. So, no, you you're the agent, mm-hmm. and so when this man can prove that over the course of three to four months you ghosted him, you're yep. an agent. Your job yep. is your client. Absolutely. That's your job. Yep. And so when you neglect to do your job, mm-hmm. well, naturally, it's no different than a parent and a child. If that parent is neglecting the child, mm-hmm. the child also has rights. Right. So someone will intervene mm-hmm. and either take the child from your care or make you fair up. Yeah. Because who does who handles the negotiations? The agent. The agent. I mean, does. why do you think? There was that point where Ben Simmons allegedly said, I'm not talking to y'all. Everything goes through my agent. Because the agent is supposed to have his client's best interest at hand. The agent is supposed to be able to sift through and find the red flags, if there are any. The snags, if there are any. And it's supposed to be aware of the fine print. And know what to look for in the fine print. 
So here's what here's what also is being said. And this is another agent, you know, putting his input on what could possibly mm -hmm. have happened. He said the truth is Nolan's isn't an innocent man, said another agent. If you're silly enough to turn down that kind of money that's not on Rich, Paul's defense would be simple. An agent can never be held accountable for it, accurately predicting the future. He was simply providing a client with counsel, counsel that Nolan's did not have to accept, and if Nolan's did not sustain an injury, he very well could have garnered a richer contract. Right. That following the summer of 2018, Clint Capella, a rim protector and bounce picker rule threat, da da da, did cash in a five-year, ninety million dollars. Absolutely did with Houston. So mm -hmm. that's their defense. Their defense is: Listen, I may have told you that it would be more money on the table, but you got hurt, right? And that then hurt your chances of getting a bigger deal. Big deal. Mm -hmm. But the fact that that contract. Had he signed it, they would not have gotten that money as an agent because he was still on another agent's clock. Mm -hmm. That plays a part in that. Yeah. That's that's not you really giving counsel. No. no, it's not. You know, that's you know it. It's you looking at your pocket. That's you knowing what your pocket's going to look like because yep. I can't afford for this. And knowing what contract. you want your pockets to look like. I'm going to get 10%. He got $70 million deal. Uh, that's my $7 million right there. Yep. I'm about to lose $7 million. Absolutely. I ain't giving seven million to another cat. Mm. So nah, <laughs> absolutely, absolutely, not. yep, absolutely not. I can't make commit. I can't make no commission off that. None at all. So you weren't looking out for the best interest of the mm. client. Not for the client. You were looking out for the for best interest of yourself and your business. Yep. And that's kind of clear. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So folks, we're gonna stay in tune with this story. We're gonna watch it and see how it plays out. See what happens with the alleged lawsuit that is being filed against Rich Paul and Clutch Sports. 12, 12, 12 minutes past the noontime hour. We're going to take another quick break. When we come back, like I said, due to our event on Sunday and Monday being the holiday, we'll be a little bit behind as far as our football because the season starts that September the 9th, that Thursday. So what we're going to do is we're going to take a look at Eagles' schedule, 49 to schedule, and then we're going to talk a little bit about week one in the NFL a little early. Stay tuned, folks. You are tuned in to Sports Rap, Heat 100 Radio. We'll see you on the other side in just a couple minutes. So he, yo, he got a habit of taking the teams to turn down contracts. Shabazz Muhammad defined $44 million. Two, the final segment of this episode of the Sports Rap Podcast. And right now, we are going to somewhat quickly go through the two team schedules because these are the two teams that are represented. Both of my partners are 49ers fans, and I'm the Eagles fan. So we're going to go through these individual team schedules, and then we're going to talk a little bit about the week one schedule. And like I said, we're doing it a little early because of our event, and we don't have a show that Monday because we'll be recouping to we are um, recouping we will be recouping from Sunday mm -hmm. and the football season starts that Thursday so we'll be able to get with you live to cover or recap week one and get you prepped for week two 
actually, we're going to have to do week two. I'm going to have to do some work later on in that week. I'm going to have to post that schedule like I always do and get you prepped for week two um, in advance. So looking at the Eagles schedule first, um, Eagles open up September the 12th, the following Sunday, the first Sunday uh, at Atlanta. So let me just say, as an Eagles fan, and some of the things that I've been seeing and reading and hearing about training camp, I just have a gut feeling that the Eagles are going to be slightly better than, excuse me, than what people um, have predicted from the get-go when they went through the whole fiasco of the Carson Wentz trade and other things of that nature. So I just feel like what I've seen and what I've heard and read that they'll be slightly better. And don't get me wrong, I'm not saying that uh, we're going to make a serious push in the playoffs and for a Super Bowl, nothing like that. I'm not really saying that. Um, I'm just saying that after the fact, I think the new coach, uh, Nick Sirianni, is coming off as a player's coach. And I think the type of player that Jalen Hurts is, he feels like he has something to prove. And even with the flashes that we saw in those last four games of last season, I think he'll be okay. Um, especially with the one draft pick, they drafted the Heisman Trophy winner. And this kid is good. A lot of people talked about his size. And I think that'll come later on but if you watch this kid on the field you know a lot of people like to say it in the sports world he has it and I think right now he has it and the one slight advantage for them Mag what's going on is the fact that I believe there's some continuity there's some familiarity between him and Jalen Hurts. I'm talking about Devontae Smith and Jalen Hurts. So, I look at this schedule, and it is going to be a tough schedule for the Eagles. Um, they have my guys' team, San Francisco, at home in week two. Yes, sir. Then in week four, they have Kansas City, followed by Carolina, Tampa Bay, and Vegas. That four-game stretch is going to be extremely tough. Um, in my opinion, I can arguably see them getting one game out of that. And out I'm just seven. No, out of this, this four, just yeah, this oh, four-game stretch. Four game so week five, you. six, yeah. seven. One, so week four, five, six. Weeks four through seven. Mm -hmm. Like I see, I see them. Possibly being one and two, depending on how Dallas defense plays out, arguably two and one mm -hmm. going into play. week four. Mm -hmm. Then it gets tough. They go, got Kansas City. The, the, some of the blessing is the two toughest games, I think, in this stretch, week four through seven, are the two toughest teams are at home, Kansas City and Tampa Bay. Mm -hmm. I don't know what the quarterback situation is. Uh, fully in Carolina, mm -hmm. 
And the Eagles made some improvements in the back end of that defense. They have two legit cornerbacks now. They're, they're off, the defensive line is always, you can say, stout for the Eagles. Uh, I think they made some improvement at the linebacker position. So I think they can get at least one of those games, arguably two. Uh, and I'm thinking the two away games, Carolina and at Las Vegas. Because we saw what the Raiders have done in the last year or two. Then they get a little break and they get Detroit. Then they've got the Chargers. And they go to Denver. You got New Orleans. And then it gets, you know, what they've been doing um, here recently in the last few years. The division games are division heavy on the back end. I think... The NFC East, even when it's the worst division in football, internally, it's always tough. And it's just for those four teams playing each other, it's always tough. So I'm going to say one, two, three, so your last six four, games, five, five games. six, seven, eight. I could see them going eight and nine. And I say that because I think one of the teams they made sweep uh, in the division, but I'm going on a limb and I'm just going to play it safe and say they split with everybody in the division. So I'm looking at like no more than eight. People were saying like six and this and four and that. And then I feel people forgetting they added another week in. Right. You know, so it's 17 games. Now, instead of 16, this is where I get the 8 and 9. Right. Then they can be 8 and 9. I don't know what the other team schedules look like. So that may get them a wild card. It may not. I mean, it would be great if they get a wild card. But I'm going to go with the 8 and 9 for the Eels. And like I said, slightly better than what uh, people have been expecting of them. So, we move on to 49ers. 49ers open on Sunday at Detroit, and then they got Philadelphia. Two away games to start the season. Mm-hmm. Um, I look at this schedule in front of me, and I see week three and four as arguably two tough games. Mm-hmm. But they're home. Green Bay and Seattle, but still two tough games. One of them is a division game, uh, which are which is always tough. Yeah, Frank, 49ers, uh-huh. You want to hear what your prediction is? Mm-hmm. No way. I don't I don't see that. Unless Trey Lance pops up and starts in week three. Frank just said twelve and five. Well, we got 17 games, right? Well, 17 weeks. Mm-hmm. My bad. Not 17 games, 17 weeks. So, I'm going to say, I can't say 12 and 5. I'm yeah, it's, seven, it's 17 games. 18 weeks, 17 games. They added that game. Yeah. They added that game in. So, it's 18 weeks. Remember, it was 16 games with 17 weeks with the bye week. So, now it's 17 games. With the bye week, it makes it 18. 18 weeks, but 17 games. 
17 games. And, yeah, Frank, the defense can be crazy. Which your, your first game is when? Our first Falcons. game is the 12th, yeah, against the Falcons. Okay, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17. Got you. Yeah. Now, I understand the defense is going to be crazy. And I get that. But the defense is not your primary scoring point. And, again, you all know how we feel about your boy. Yeah. So, I think, and he says the offense is going to be top five. Depends on who's playing quarterback. I can't, I can't say if our offense is going to be top five. I might say that our running game might be top five. Mm-hmm. But that's that's not complete offense. That's just right. one phase of the offense. I think that uh, we have the ability mm-hmm. to run the ball down everybody's throat, mm-hmm. make people play our style of game, the run opens up the pass, right. our quarterback don't have to be dynamic, mm-hmm. but there are games where that quarterback is going to show that he's a damn quarterback. He's going to have to show it. Right. And if he can't deliver that, like you said, somewhere around that third, because we're in, we're literally in a, a, a push. This is a Super Bowl push. Right. This ain't no, let's just make the playoffs. We was in the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. You know, Frank, that that don't happen much in the in the NFL. He just said both quarterbacks are going to going to be in the first three games. I don't see how you do that in the NFL. If it was college football, you could very easily say you're that. Not, you're not, but it's tough. It's tough to do that in the NFL unless you're the Saints and right. the way they did it with their guy. But the way they did it with their guy was preparing him for the role as a starter. Right. And so, we see what happened there. Right. He's not the starter. He's not the starter. So, in all essence, we don't even know if it's going to be that dual quarterback situation right. anymore Right. in New Orleans. And, and I look at, like, and when I was looking at our schedule, and then I looked at you all schedule, and I'm looking at how your last five games are mm-hmm. division All division games. games. I, we only have two division games in our last six games. Right. You know what I mean? Which is kind of weird because they put out like two in up front, mm-hmm. two in the, the middle, middle, and then two, two in the back end. end. Right. You no, know, it's it's weird that they would do y'all schedule like that. They've been doing the NFC East like well, that. They, yeah, for, they've been they've been for the last yeah the division games, games at the, the end. back end. Most yeah, of the division but it's been mostly, end. and you know I think it's because of that run that the NFC East had for I, a yeah. long time. Yeah. Yeah. Where they felt like they had to do something to try and shake it up a little bit. Yeah. You know, and because somebody knew wins that division every year since the Eagles had did it back to back. And we know how long ago that was. And that division, like I say, even when that entire division is bad, like we saw just past Mm -hmm. season, Mm -hmm. the entire division was bad. And you had a team that was what? Washington football team, nine and seven. Just barely, literally just barely making the playoffs. Mm-hmm. But because they won the division, they had to host a game against the eventual NFL champions. Mm-hmm. Which I think is crazy. But like we said, it's the way the NFL is set up. You win the division, you get that top tier yeah, game. Right. You know, I, I don't I think they should tweak that 
Because like we went through it last year. We went through teams that were ten and six, how like Tampa Bay. Was and, ten and six, I believe, or whatever, and had to go on the road. And it goes back to what we talked about years ago, where we need to pick top eight, mm-hmm. despite the division. Right. You I mean, they did try, but they gave it one team yeah. had to buy in each in each conference. Yeah. But but I mean, you got to tweak it a little bit div- more. You created the, the divisions by way of geographics. Right. You didn't create the division based on. Uh, 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 the win percentage you Absolutely. base it on geographics. So mm-hmm. if it's on geographics, then okay, let's run straight eight. Now, if your division ain't good enough to get in, you don't have a division winner in that in that division. Right. It's that I mean. Right. Now here's the kick. Again, when the green comes into play, when mm-hmm. that money comes into play, what they're saying is the shared revenue. In the East, the Eastern Conference is we can't lose that revenue because you got the Giants. The New York Giants is in New York City. Mm-hmm. Well, the Meadowlands, right? But then you got the Eagles, Philadelphia, mm-hmm. season ticket holders for life. For life. Absolutely. Then you got Washington. Mm-hmm. Then you got Dallas. Right. So you got markets that. That we got to pick one of these guys because yeah. it's a big market. Mm-hmm. It don't matter who wins that division. Right. We know that there's going to be some earned revenue that's going to come back to the NFL. So Absolutely. I get that portion. I understand that you don't want to lose this money. But right. the, real, the realization of it is if you get a division like San Francisco where a 10-6 and six guy probably ain't getting in there. Because the division is so tough, but an eight and eight team not only gets in, wins that division, and gets in, hosts host a game, a game. Yeah. So we talk about the all fairness. It's it's kind of bad that one division can be so good, mm-hmm. and 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 the team actually have a very good record and still so can't get in. Yeah. And we saw that just last year. It just we happened. saw teams that were 10-6 and six that didn't make the playoffs. So I think that the NFL should at least try one year where they go straight eight. Right. Just straight top they eight. They go straight eight. Yeah. Straight eight, top eight teams get in, and the top records get the buy. And, you know, we, we yeah, diced it up the way we diced it up. But the yeah. straight eight, for one year, they did the straight eight. You're getting the best football. Right. You're may not be the, the best, best quote-unquote markets, but you're going to but get, you're the, going best to get the best football. you're going to get the best football because the best And ideally, I think that's what you really want. That's what you want. As far as for the fans and, and you're going to get the best football. You're get the best football. Because it's going to, all the playoff games are on TV, so you're going to get the TV ratings. So you're going to recoup from that. You're going to get the looks. You know, you're going to, you're going to sell the tickets. Mm-hmm. You know, you're going to sell the tickets. You're going to get the TV time. So you're going to get the revenue. From that, and you gotta remember too. At one time, when the NFC West was arguably the worst division in football mm-hmm. for years, mm-hmm. they said that the 49ers was just skating through because the division was so bad. But at the right. same time, we were beating the best teams in the league as well. Mm-hmm. So we were a good team. It's just our division. So they, so they basically were saying we were padding our stats. Yeah, because the division was bad. So right. they went almost 20 years. Niners went almost 20 years with 10 and 6 records. 
You know what I right. mean? We're, we're losing no more than four or five games mm-hmm. a season. Yeah. But that's just that's just what you get when you're on one end of it in terms of your division. Now, outside of your division, you have nine conference games. You have to play conference games. So let's just let's just start looking at if if we go back, right? If we all go back and we all look at what the division records were or conference records were in the last five years, and we take the top eight records five years, four years ago, three years ago, two years ago, last year, and we look at who got in and who didn't, we'll be able to see the type of football that we would have been able to see with guys that had 10 and 6 records, but then 8 and 8 guys got in. So the game of football, they need to just start looking at a way to enhance the quality of playoff game because that cuts into the betting the way people bet. You know, if I got a team that's 8 and 8 and they're playing a team that's 12 and 5, well, the wages and the way you bet is even different. So if, if I know I'm playing, if I know that, that Green Bay is going to play a Washington football team, and a Washington football team is seven and whatever, nine or nine and seven, mm-hmm. the the way you bet is going to be different. Right. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. The odds change. <clears throat> but if I'm taking the top eight and there's mm-hmm. this parity amongst all eight teams where, t- where ten and five only got you in. Mm-hmm. So the least losses that a team had was six losses. All the teams in there are ten and six and up. Maybe one got maybe one nine and seventeen. Well, you got parity. You don't know who to pick from. Right. So the way you bet is going to be different. Different. The 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 bets become more even. Mm-hmm. So the odds can't. The odds aren't in a lot of people's favor. Right. Normally, the, the better team. Yeah. Just, all right, just I, those I, odds. I can look at the I can look at the betting board and say, oh, well, yeah. Well, at one time, I'm gonna take New England over X, Y, and Z. Yeah, they they definitely gonna win that. They gonna win that. Yeah. But when every when when the parity is so equal, how mm-hmm. do you bet that? Right. How does the odds come yeah, out? Yeah, it's going to take a lot of consideration when you start to bet. Yeah, those seven that. to ones turn into two, two to ones. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So people can't, they can't make enough money. Right. See, when the odds are so high, you can you can yeah. guarantee, guarantee that, gonna, that the house is going to make some money. Exactly. And you only yeah. got to pay out minimum. Right. You know what I mean? You only have to pay out minimum with the house. It's always the goal with the house if y'all don't yeah, know man. about betting. It's so I just I house. just think that one year they should dive into that with their strength. Yeah, I mean, I can see that. You know what I mean? You know, yeah. And see what And you know, like. And, and, and like you said, we talked about it last year. We talked about the NFC East. And, you know, they were joking, calling it the NFC Least. And overall, brutally honest, it was just a bad division all the way across the board. Mm-hmm. And, and like we said, there was a team that was going to be just barely scraping above 500 that was going to make the playoffs because they ended up winning the division. Mm-hmm. And ironically, like we said, it's the Washington football team. They made a surge. They won a division. And then because they won the division, 
they got to host a right. playoff game, which in my opinion, I don't think should have happened. Even though they won the division, I think because of their record, I think they should have went to Tampa Bay. Yeah. And Tampa Bay was better better record. They just didn't win their division. Right. By chance. Right. So I still think that that better record holding team should be respected a little bit more mm-hmm. and have that game at home. Because you never know. I mean, Washington could have won. You know, like they say, any given Sunday, anybody could have won. But as you look at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who eventually went on to be Super Bowl champions, you know, they probably or arguably went into that game with two chips on their shoulder. You know, like, look, we got to play this team. And I think they had played them earlier in the season and beat them. Yeah. And it's like, we got to go there and play them. Just because they won the division, our record is better. Right. So ideally, we would both feel like we should have that home game. That's You know, yeah. I think that happened one time, maybe in the NBA. And it was in that middle pack, the four or five seed. Mm-hmm. And the five seed hosted that series mm-hmm. because they had the better record. But, like I said, I think it just happened that one time. And I think they scrapped that mm-hmm. where, like, no, we're we not doing that. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's it's no way. That's That's the incentive, I think, for situations like the playoffs. That's what these teams play for, mm-hmm. to either make it into the playoffs but ideally, you want to make it into the playoffs and you want to start off at home. Right. You want to ride that momentum or begin that momentum. If you aren't riding it from the end of the regular season, you want to reignite that momentum mm-hmm. going into the playoffs. And it's what better way to do that than to start at home? Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it, it was in a small way, you could arguably say it was great for the Redskins and that fan base because they had been so bad right. in that division for so long. But still... You still make the playoffs, but I just don't think that just because you won the division, and I said, and then you look at the entire division, I don't think that division should have warranted a home game. And like I mentioned here on the show, I said somebody from this division is going to make the playoffs. Right. There's no doubt about that because somebody's going to win the division. And like I said, it was so bad. And the reason I feel like the winner of that division should have still went on the road because as bad as the Eagles were, if they hadn't, in essence, kind of thrown the last two games, yeah. they still had a chance to win the division yeah. just because of the numbers. Now, let's just play devil's advocate for a second. Let's just say that they didn't do what they did in those last two games and miraculously somehow they won the division. It's no way because of their body of work for that season – there's no way they should have hosted a, a first-round playoff game. Yeah, there's no way. It was no way they, that they should have been hosting um, a game in that realm. So, again, like we said, it's just by matter of chance that somebody won the division, and because they were the division winner, they got the home game, which, in my opinion, doesn't really bode well because, like I said, you had teams that could arguably say, and like Baldy said, if you go that straight one through eight, that would have been in the playoffs 
Instead, they were on the outside looking in. Mm -hmm. So, like, the fruits of their labor was almost for nothing. Right. You know? Because we go back, and we go back and we look at the last few years, it's like 10 and 6 and you in. Whether you home game hosting or not, it used to be where you win 10 games, you win the playoffs. And listen. Somewhere. It it sounds crazy, right? But I know there's some folks on here that have played high school football. And I'm telling you, when we played in high school, Division A, Division A was the division that normally won the high school championship. Division A had Frankfurt, Northeast, Lincoln, Washington, and Allen. Washington was winning all the championships in the 90s. Mm-hmm. Frankfurt was in the loop almost most of the time. Northeast was just as good. And this is crazy. Well, Lincoln was trash. Sorry, the rail splitters. It just wasn't what it was. Mm-hmm. But we would win. we we had an eight, two, and one record. A seven and four record. Did not make the playoffs because of the division. Mm-hmm. But then you had, you could take like a replication of the NFC East was the C division, which had Edison. Uh, It had a bunch of up Kensington. Like it had a bunch of Mm -hmm. other cats where they four games. And they in the playoffs. And they in. They Mm -hmm. like eight and four, seven and or four and seven or something like that. Mm -hmm. Four, you know what I mean? And the division dictated that. And Mm -hmm. it's the same thing. So it's clear that that's a replication of high school and divisions as well as how Mm -hmm. the NFL is played. And and literally, I would literally sit back and have these conversations with dudes from those divisions and say, yo, if y'all was in our division, dog, y'all wouldn't have won a game. Forget all that y'all making the playoffs. Y'all going to get bombed anyway. But the fact that y'all making the playoffs was a problem. Because it was good teams in other divisions that couldn't get in because the division was that much better. Mm-hmm. So they had done a straight eight. Nine times out of ten, these division C's or E's or just like how you was explaining about the NFC East, probably wouldn't have got in. Right. And you're not getting the best of football in that playoff run if the best teams aren't in the playoffs. You know what I mean? You got to get the best guys in the playoffs. And I don't know, man. It just, it's just a weird thing. And I, when I look at our, our schedule, I think we're going to lose about six games. Six to seven games. Okay. That's where I got it. So you're saying like 11 and six? I'm thinking that we can go 11 and I'm saying 10 and seven. I'm going to say 10 and seven. I think okay. that we got some things that we need and to And that's where at. that's where I was with you guys um for you for my prediction mm-hmm. for the 49ers at 10 and 7 and I based that on the division games. Right. Because the last couple of years we've seen how that division has been. Mm-hmm. Um you guys know for most recently Arizona always plays you guys tough. Mm-hmm. And the Rams have beaten The Rams have beaten you guys. And then you got Seattle in that division as well. Mm-hmm. And we normally split with them. Right. We normally split so, with them. So, you know, I, I go with 10-7 and seven as well. Baldy says 10-7. and seven. And the 
ominous Frank, and he says they own the Rams. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm writing this down. We don't own the Rams because if you look at the last three years, we actually split with them. We split yep. our whole division up. We didn't sweep the division, and nobody in the division swept. The division. Seattle right. split with us the year before that. We beat Seattle two two games. That's the first time we beat them mm-hmm. twice in the division in like the last seven years. Yeah, Frank. We know Seattle's not the team they used to be, but but we still only split with them. We only split, right? You know, so I'm we not... haven't ran a division like. Mm-hmm. No one's running that division. There's right. still too much parity. And, teams know And then now he's saying Arizona's overrated. Yeah, but they split with y'all. They split with us, and that's the point. I ain't talking about what they're rated on. Right. I'm talking We're just talking about, about the play. history of the history that and the actual is, play, yeah. You're going to get a guy. So if you got four guys in that division, that literally means my team, if we're sweeping, mm-hmm. that's saying we're going to go 6-0. and up. Right. Because we got to play those two teams mm-hmm. twice. Yep. We're, nobody's went 6-0 in that division probably in the last 15 years. Absolutely. So when you look at it, you're going to get a team like Seattle did when they went. They went 5-1. and one. Mm-hmm. Arizona at one time split. They went 3-3. Three and three. So it's always been a 4-2, and 3-3 three and three right. guy coming out of that division. Right. It hasn't been a 6-0 Sweep in that division. Mm-hmm. Okay, Frank is saying four years. and two. He's saying four and two in the division. Well, we'll see. And again, it depends on how that quarterback situation plays out. So there you have it, folks. For all of us here, the crew, myself and Baldy for the 49ers go with ten and seven, and Frank is making that push and jumping out there all by himself and saying twelve and five. So we got it written down. So and I got a witness here with me. Baldy's got it. I'm going to hold the paper up. Uh-huh. You can't see what I wrote down on the paper, but you see I got it written down. He's and I'm putting 12 this what? 12 and 5. 12 and 5. Baldy's writing it down too, and I'm putting this in safekeeping. So we go back. Now, on the Eagles side, since Frank is not here, and I don't know if he can hear this and he'll chime in, he'll probably give them a bum rating. I'm a fan, and, and I said 8 and 9. 8 and 9. For the Eagles. Like I said, I think that that's slightly better than what people have expected. Uh, yeah, you know, he's going backwards. He said the year that they going with it, the year he said they was going to the Super Bowl, they went to the Super Bowl. You yeah, but say Frank, that every year. But, Frank, we all know it means nothing if you don't win. Now, he just said 8-9 and nine for the Eagles. Okay, I'm writing that down, too. So, 8-9? Yeah. So Frank, that's what Frank said for the Eagles. So Baldy will give us his in a second for the Eagles. All right, I'm going to go. I can't get that. Yeah, it's tough, man. I'm giving y'all seven and ten. Seven and ten. Okay. I mean that that's that's it's not on the like of the yeah, thing. but that's not. Anything bad. Ten is a lot of losses, though. Right. It's a lot of losses, and you have to still can take in this. Right. And like you said, like I said in the beginning, I'm a fan. I'm not mad at that because. Think, you know why I think ten is a reasonable number? I think ten is a reasonable number just for the simple fact that I think young boys going to be dynamic. Yeah. But there's going to be some learning curves that's going to happen. Absolutely. Gonna win you some games. And he's going to lose you some games. Yeah. And you got a brand new coaching staff. And it's all going to be predicated on what your defense can handle. 
if your defense is going to spend a lot of time on right. that field or That's not. That's the biggest you know I mean? thing. Yep. So I think Absolutely. because, like you said, it's a new coaching staff. Everything's new. Hey, everything's new. Everything got to get applicable. You know, yeah. And, I mean, it would be a miracle. Almost, It will be a small miracle if they get to win the division and make it to the playoffs. Yeah. No, it's gonna be rough. It's gonna be rough, and you gotta take health and into, into absolutely, it. absolutely. So, oh, frankly, the coach is clueless. You, you know, your quarterback is clueless. Okay, I, I don't think Sirianni is clueless. I, I I think he's like I mentioned. Earlier, I think he's a play, he's becoming a player's coach, and I think. He's won some of these guys over. And I think he's won them over to the point where some of these veterans on the team are going to do what they can and go out and perform for him. Mm-hmm. But like Baldy said, it's a lot in the mix that they're going to have to overcome to get where they want to be. And I don't think it's going to happen this year. I th- it's going to take a couple years. I don't think it's going to happen this year. Hey, and let me say something, Frank. That year that you said we was going to the check. You, well, you said we was going to win the chip. We actually got to the chip. But here's the kick. The very next year, I said, so what do you think it's going to be this year? You said we're going back. And I said, no, sir. We probably going to win eight games. We won less than eight. Now, again, we're talking about health issues. We probably had the most injuries yep. to starters on any NFL team. Yep. We, we, we probably was number one in that. So that played a big part in why we didn't even contend. We mm-hmm. didn't make the playoffs. Yep. But when you look at the health of our team now and then you look at the depth of our team now, mm-hmm. there's a possibility that a 10-win season is on the horizon. Absolutely. What what we don't know is when we if we make it to the playoffs, how is how is our coach going to differentiate of what he did before mm-hmm. in a Niners uniform and in an Atlanta mm-hmm. uniform? Absolutely. That's the Absolutely. question. And so now we got our coach. The Eagles got their coach, he's new. We got our coach, he's a little more seasoned. We know what we want to do. They're going to figure out what they're going to do. That's where these numbers come in at. Absolutely. So my prediction for you is in that 10 and 12 and 5 run, is it a championship? That's the question. That's the big question. Because the 12 Absolutely. and 5 run. Don't necessarily. You don't always. Yeah. You chip chase. Right. And it don't always mean that you're winning. And it doesn't mean that. All right. So you got about five minutes left. You might go a little slightly over. Mm-hmm. Let's get through the schedule. Uh, week one NFL next week Thursday September the 9th kicking off Dallas at Tampa Bay I'm gonna take the back I'm going with the Bucks as well the uncertainty with that shoulder and things of that from Dak and I don't know how much improvements Dallas has made on defense with some of their players that were pretty good for them um, I think retired like Sean Lee retired couple other players i mean they got some speedy linebackers but it all depends on how they come together as a unit and we move into sunday pittsburgh at buffalo 
I'm going with the Bills. Yeah, I like the Bills at I like the Bills at home. They they the Bills really showed me something last season. So I like the Bills at home. Um I'm gonna take Yeah, I'm gonna take Buffalo. Take okay. Buffalo. Unanimous there. The Jets at the Panthers. Depending on what the young kid does. But then there's not much more after that. I'm going to go with Carolina at home. Yeah, I can take. I, I'm. I'm going to go with. I'm going to go with Panthers. Go with Panthers. Mm-hmm. Jacksonville at Houston. Surprisingly, I'm going to push the envelope here. And because he has now been named the starter, and we don't know the situation in Houston. I'm going to push the envelope here. This is going to be my trick game, and I'm going to go with the Jags. I, I just said I was going to Yeah, Frank said Jags, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Arizona at Tennessee. Ryan Tannehill situation, although I do like Tennessee, we're not 100% sure if he's going to be fully healthy for Tennessee at that point. So I'm going to stretch again here. I'm going to go with the cards on the road. I think that uh, even though their quarterback situation is an issue, I think that Derrick Henry is going to run through them. So I'm going to take the Titans. You can do that. I can see that. Chargers at Washington football team. For me there... I'm going with the Washington football team. I'm going to take the Chargers. I'm going to take the Chargers. Okay. Philadelphia at Atlanta. No Julio Jones. The improvements that the Eagles made in the secondary. I'm going to take a surprise and take the Eagles in that game against Atlanta on the road. Seattle at Indy. Going to be a big test for Carson Wentz. Frank had slightly mentioned that Seattle's not the team that they used to be. I totally agree there. But you got somebody that's starting over. Um, A lot of things could be going through his head if he is able to start that first game. I am going to go with the Seahawks on the road, the Russell Wilson factor. Yeah, I think Seahawks would be Indianapolis and Indianapolis. Due to them not being completely mm-hmm. sure what the hell going on. Minnesota at Cincy. Wow, this is a tough one. That is a tough one. Uh, let's see. I'm going to go with the Vikes on the road. Frank is going with the Bengals. All depends on how Burrow comes back off that injury. Yeah, I, I like the Vikings. Yeah, I think I'm going to take the Vikings. Okay. Cleveland at Kansas City. I, at home, I got to go with my homie. Yeah, Chiefies. Frank, the Bengals are good, yeah, but it all depends on what that quarterback can do. Who's their backup? That's the big question. Who's their backup and how can he perform? Yeah, 
Miami at New England. You going with the Fins, you said? Yeah, you going with the Dolphins. <laughs> I could see the Fins in that I one as well. I ain't sold on anything in New England right now. No, not right now. Frank is going with the Patriots. Okay. Denver at the New York Giants. Uncertainty at quarterback for Denver. Going with the GM, G-Man. Yeah, the G-Man... Uh, having Saquon back does wonders for the offense. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go with the Giants. Yep. Green Bay at New Orleans. Frank went with Denver. Yeah, Frank went All with right. Denver. Green Bay, Green Bay at New, New Orleans. Orleans. Going with the Pack. I'm going with the Pack as well. We know Danny Dimes. Yeah, we know. We, we don't even talk about that. So I guess that means you picking... The Broncos, huh? Yeah, he took that. Yeah, he took the Broncos, yeah. Last game, he's got the pack in this game. Last game on Sunday, Chicago at the L.A. Rams. Rookie quarterback for Chicago. I'm going with the Rams in their defense. Yeah, I'm going to rock out with the Rams. And closing out. Week one, Monday the 13th, Baltimore at Las Vegas. Got to take the Ravens. I like the Ravens as well. Frank is also going with the Ravens. All right, folks, there you have it. Those are our week one picks. We are done for the day. Great show, great dialogue once again, as always. Remember, folks, we're going to close out. I'm holding them up once again. I got tickets. By chance, I know you're watching. You saw me step out of the room for a second. I just got rid of two tickets. So y'all need to get these tickets. We are pushing towards the finish line. You don't want to be left out. Like I said, Facebook, you know where to find me, at SportsWeb underscore D on Instagram. The group page, Sports Rap Podcast on Facebook. Get over there, message me, let me know how many tickets you need. If you can't get me, you can hit Baldy at Ball75 on Instagram, Aaron Baldy Moore on Facebook. Everybody knows Frank, Franklin Milligan2418 on Instagram or Franklin Milligan on Facebook. Hit any one of us up and we will make a way for you to get your tickets if you need tickets. Be great on purpose, folks. Stay tuned as always. Enjoy today it's not going to be as steamy there is a chance of some showers today but nonetheless get your work week started and always remember you'll see us all week on social media right back here in two weeks because we're going to be recouping next monday for the resonance and the recouping of our anniversary which we hope to see most of you at so we're going to leave you with this Again, we'll see you on the 13th, and hopefully we'll see a lot of you on Sunday. Have a good day, folks. Enjoy the rest of your week.